you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Let me tell you something. When I learn something new, <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it up. I'm going to keep sautéing it and make different meals from it. We're going to keep ingesting it in different ways. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to use it as a cleanser. We're going to find so many different ways to use the fruit of something that I discovered. I, I, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you. What the uh, deacon is say? prepare to be sick of me. <laughs> you understand? I, oh my gosh, Clarity, if they sold it at Walmart, I will buy stock in it. Clarity should literally be life's goal in all areas to get clarity on your, you on the relationships you have, on your, per- if I really wanted, just if I could put a summation to the common denominator and all things clarity, it's you. The more that you learn you, the better your life will be. And this is the way I'm going to talk. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but no, seriously, the common denominator for a life that is satisfying and sufficient is how much do you know about you? But more importantly, do you honor you in every arena of your life? That was one of the things that I, I'm starting to truly understand is the nucleus of a satisfied life. Like knowing you is one thing, but do you cater to that? Like if you know that you don't like tomatoes, do you allow people to keep serving you in your relationships and at your career, whatever it is, eat all the above? Do you allow people to continue to serve you tomato sandwiches? And so then you're left with getting whatever people decide to serve you. And then you got to pick through your meal and not really enjoy it and be empty and not completely full while everyone else who's sitting at the table of your life is having a grand old time. Because you know more about how to serve people than how to, in a soft and receivable way, demand that people serve you differently. That everyone else can say, hey, listen, I don't like when my food touches. And so you're making sure in your relationships, you serve those people who don't like when their vegetables touch their grains and all that. And you're making sure you even with the extra mile to get a food separator plate, you making sure that how you want to be served, I'm going to make sure of that. But then when people serve you, you just, eh, you can eat around it. Really? You know how much time it takes to dissect the meal that was already served to you rather than just letting the chef know, please don't do that in advance so that I can just consume. Because if I have to consume and separate, consume and separate, after a while I realize, man, I'm still hungry. And you'll leave the table of your life still hungry for more. And you have, you definitely have a quantity. There's several people sitting at the table You got family, you got friends, you knew them for this long, they blah, 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 this, that, and the third. And you'll look at the number of people who are around you as if it's quality, just because there's quantity. Then why are you still hungry? How are you allowing people to serve you? Yeah, so, yeah, that, mm -hmm. what the uh, bishop would say, I I wasn't going to go here, but but this was for somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's just do that. And so when you really sit down and start to dissect life, but really dissect you, you'll start to realize, oh my gosh, (laughs) wait a minute, this is 22. Like I've been doing this uh, wrong, not that purposely, but I could be doing this better. And so I'm going to take you backstage real quick just to let you see some administrative kind of mm, upgrades that I've been doing with myself. I realize that I have been living an unsustainable life. And it did not get my attention until maybe a little bit after the pandemic was pandemicking. I realize now that when you do not get 
fed the way that you need to be customizably fed in your childhood, you then go out uh, and start eating. And I'm talking about you almost like slow down. (laughs) You've been hungry for 10 years. I can see it, but you can't eat all that in one setting. And so I went out and started eating so much that I couldn't really tell that just because you're full doesn't mean that uh, you're satisfied. You can eat 12 boxes of pizza because you're hungry, but what you really needed was a salad Yet maybe a little bit of that particular protein of choice. When's the last time you've drunk some water? You see what I'm saying? Like just because you quenched a hunger doesn't mean that you quench what you truly needed. You ate because you had to eat. (laughs) There was an inkling, hmm, I'm hungry. But did you eat according to what's going to sustain you? Did you choose relationships according to what's going to sustain you? Or did you just find chemistry and attraction to be the common denominator? And you were like, cool, whatever comes about, we can go ahead and handle. Really? Uh, What about that communication issue? Yeah, what about that thing you do when you're angry? Yeah, what about the way that I can't get through to you once something is in your head? Like, uh, can I at least get, can I buy a vowel? Because I have no idea what's happening there. You see what I'm saying? Like, what happens when that happens? You Oh, we can just apply chemistry. <laughs> cool. Uh, you do know that there is acidic situations that even together, they don't need to be together in that environment. Uh, yeah, because uh, while alcohol and heat may have a good chemistry somewhere else, you definitely don't want that in the laboratory or certain places where it can cause danger and harm to people when collectively unified. Mm-hmm. You're so busy trying to find out somebody's uh, past and someone's uh, birthday and, and their zodiac sign that you don't realize that if you just got a moment to just be quiet, you'll realize, oh, you may uh, comfort me or, or you may be good company, but you're definitely not going to sustain me. Yeah, I don't know how much of that I can do uh, long term. Because mm-hmm. if we started looking at relationships like, could I do this for another 100 years? We'll probably make better decisions. Yeah, 100 years is out is outstanding. Um, Girl, you knocked me out. Right? Yeah, that's outrageous. But if you looked at it like, eh, let's just see where it goes. Yeah, you're a little bit more leisure eh, with your decision making. Yeah, start looking at stuff like, can I do this for 100 years? 100 years? Yeah, because if you started making time heavier, <laughs> then what you actually weigh it as, you'll start to be like, okay, mm, yeah, no. Yeah, driving an hour for a vacation is cool. Driving an hour for groceries, I'm not doing it. You see, oh, now the hour feels different because you weighed against, uh, I'm not doing that. If grocery shop, I got to go an hour out into town to do that. Ma'am, I will order from Walmart.com. <laughs> like, I will order from Insta. I will, like, now I will pay somebody to, I'm not, I wish I would do a two-hour round trip to get some organic anything. <laughs> Have a nice day. No, just, no, not doing it. But if you had to drive an hour to get to Turks and Caicos, you're like, absolutely. As a matter of fact, vacation will be a uh, biweekly situation. Absolutely. Because the value of what you're measuring seems to be worth it. If we did that in all arenas of our lives, it would be probably one of the best lives we've ever lived. Oop, uh, what's that? A spoiler alert? We only get one. We only get one. And I'll tell you where all this is coming from. I have been introduced to something that has gotten my attention and I promise you I'm probably going to keep ingesting until I feel full because I'm realizing that, oh my gosh, I got to swap that for that. (laughs) Yeah, that's wrong. I have all this sugar in here. I I can still eat something sweet, but it can just be a little bit healthier. Oh my gosh. And so what I'm doing is I'm going into my spiritual pantry that's in my soul and I'm like, oh, we need to swap out. I haven't looked at expiration dates in a long time. I got particular mindsets and things that it was cool in that season, but it's not going to work to sustain you long-term. I got people around me that I'm like, "Mm, I don't 
really know if this is going to work. I have an idea of career that doesn't work for me any longer. I have an idea. I have all these outdated, expired situations. And guess what I've been doing? Still using that to cook my current meals. And then I'm wondering why I'm not satisfied because how you're cooking will not sustain you. How you are cooking, (laughs) whooping up things for your life is not sustainable. That worked there. God gave you the grace and things to go ahead and go there because you didn't know no better. Okay. Cause that's what you had to work with for the season that you were currently in. But my people perish from a lack of knowledge. So if you use that over here, guess what? You are going to uh, not do well. That is not going to sustain you at all. Okay. The way you used to eat as a teenager, try that in your thirties. You want to play the amount of sleep <laughs> that you did not get when you were trying to rip and run and keep up with your friends when you were younger. Try that in your thirties, try that in your forties, try that. Your body will be like, uh, yeah, (laughs) allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is bad. (laughs) B to the E D. I used to (laughs) like, don't let me hit a hot 16. That's your body. It's not me. You you understand? And so it gets to the point that you start to time out. I'm doing something wrong and not, and I want to change even how that sounds. You are not wrong. What you're doing is not wrong. What you're doing is not aligned to where you're going. How you are thinking or how you used to think is not aligned to how God wants you to continue to think. Let me tell you how I used to think. Overachiever. Okay. Because I had a childhood experience That the only time that I got any type of praise and yay is when I was doing something that, oh, look at you. When I got better grades, yay. When I did my chores without someone asking, yay. When I got, but then I started realizing, time out. If curfew is 8.30 and I come in 8.32, I get in trouble the same exact way As if I came in at 930, guess what? I learned that uh, the punishments were imbalanced. So then that didn't make me want to overachieve. Because coming in at 8 o'clock meant that I had 30 minutes less with my friends. Just to get your applause, that's not fun. Coming in the house is not fun. So I had a skewed view of how to get uh, praise. Essentially, it was depriving me things that made me happy, things that made me smile, things that fulfilled me just to get a yay from you. So then what happened? I went to work with that mindset. I overachieved. I got promoted in three months and just trying to do blah, blah, trying to do and did all these things and I got a yay. And while my title and my paycheck may have looked a little differently from the people I started off training with or whatever, I didn't feel better because I had higher standards now where you get to just come in, do your thing, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. Now I got deadlines that you don't have. Now I have have responsibilities that you don't have. And most of these things I don't want to do, but it came with overachieving. It came with the accomplishment. So when you accomplish in areas that you're just working to get the yay, you don't realize that yay comes with a string attached. I remember being promoted at a cable company that I worked with literally in a matter of months. Because they looked at the way that I handled my call time. They looked at the way that I handled my particular resolve resolution. Like they had different quotas, right? And I was nailing it only because truth be told, I'm a rule follower. So if you say, yo, keep your phone calls, each call under 10 minutes. Oh, bro, I got you. I'm gonna do eight. Not because I'm naturally an overachiever. I am, but more because if 10 is the margin, I don't. I don't even want to hear your mouth. I'm going to do two minutes earlier. <laughs> I'm going to get the micro machine spirit. We're going to talk about it. I'm from New York anyway. We talk fast. So <laughs> very much can handle your bill payment and all that in five minutes. Everything else is just telling you to have a nice day and I'm done. I looked at the number 10 as yeah, that that's, that's curfew. So I need to go ahead and do anything be- before that. Why? Because I was taught that in childhood. Anything before that is going to keep you off of me. 
So let me, 10 minutes, yeah, anything before that's going to keep you off of me. But what it did is it promoted me. And I went to something called platinum service. And I was like, okay, cool. But then that required me to sit in a different section than the people that I started off training with, the people that I made friends with, the people that I would eat, eat lunch with. It was like, oh, so you know what I did one day? Because I still got my sign-in codes. Everything is different now since I'm platinum service. I went and set, tried to go back one weekend and sit with the people that I trained with. I mean, we were so happy. They was like, hey, you came back. I was like, like, like I never left. You understand? Put my headset on, was getting ready to sign in. I'm taking the calls because the calls are not routed to where I'm sitting. It's routed to how I sign into the phone, right? So I'm signing into the phone. I'm getting a platinum service situation. My supervisor came over and was like, you can't sit here. I was like, why not? She was like, oh, because you're platinum service. I said, yeah, that's the phone calls I'm getting. She was like, I need you to move why do I have, why? Because platinum service is over there. So you're trying to set me apart, but what you don't realize is that you're separating connections from me. I don't know anyone over there. My training class was this group of people. <laughs> we all came out and we had this group of, we may have kind of, you know, dispersed to different supervisors, but essentially we all kind of sat next to each other. The thing about a call center, especially like back in the day ones, was that you wanted to be next to people that you can talk to because you could not get off that phone. So in between calls, Calls, you were able to flip your mic up and talk to whomever, whatever. Those people over there, platinum service people, I don't know them. Some of them been there for years. I, this is so displaced for me. Let me do the quality of what actually got me over there. Let me do that where I choose. No. So you know what eventually happened? Uh, I didn't work there anymore. Yeah, because it's something about, I found out for me that I excel in the environments that I choose to excel in. I excel in environments that don't put me in places that's like, but I don't want to grow over there. And so when you put someone or something in an environment that is not conducive to their growth, you'll stunt them. You'll stunt their growth. You'll keep them stagnant. You'll keep them shorter than what they were ever supposed to be. It's almost like a mother that refuses. Uh, matter of fact, the, the Asian community. Like if you really look at the history of why their feet are so small, it's because somewhere way back in the day, somebody decided, I don't want y'all to have big feet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap your feet to stunt its growth. So now y'all have these tiny feet. You guys are short. You got you, you, that particular community. And this is real talk. Like, you don't believe me, Google it. Like, I'm, I'm a Googleologist, okay? Yeah, that's the word. Have a nice day. But someone decided way long ago, I'm going to stunt your growth. And guess what that did? That one decision way long ago is now literally somebody's reality now. Now, if you want it, to be a little bit taller as an Asian, you can have a nice day unless you go ahead and crossbreed with something else. If you wanted to actually wear a Louis Vuitton and didn't have to order a special size of four and a half in women, like if you want it, you can't because somebody already made that decision for you. And I realized that keeping up with things that I no longer have to subscribe to equates to an unsustainable life. So then you take that into school. At one point, yes, when I was a freshman in college, I did have to work full time. And then I did have to have a full time situation or a classes, whatever, because that was the only way I was able to fulfill my financial aid and this, that, and the third. So for a, a number of years, yes, I was uh, worn. Okay. Uh, working full time probably is optional for some people, but I had a different set of circumstances that required for me to work full time. I was paying for school <laughs> financial aid hit was so much. So I had to make that happen. And then also I had a little bit of a life in a circumstance with my, my, nuclear family that was like, yo, I need you to help out with bills. So immediately, once you able to work, yeah, you able to go ahead and help out with the family is how that was literally passed down to me. So here I am working a freaking nine to five in the morning, 
Cause I'm like, okay, if, if I got to do anything, I'd rather go to school at night and I'd rather get my money in the morning. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't want to think in the morning <laughs> and try to do tests and all that. That doesn't work. I'd rather do that after that's just how I'm wired. I'd rather do that after work. So I worked a nine to five and then literally my classes started five 55 to eight 30. When I tell you it was a sprint to get out of work fast enough because I worked in Manhattan cause I'm from New York. Yep. And, and I went to school in Queens. So essentially on the train, depending on how it was going, if it was express, but you got about 50 to mm, 62 minutes to get to and fro. So it was a sprint. And guess what? At 18, 19, 20, that was cool. You can't give me that schedule now. Who's sustaining that? Mm-mm. <laughs> Not happening. I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, so yeah, some, one, one of these things got to go. Yeah. We getting ready to circle something. Cause something in this picture is not going to, it, it's, yeah, it's a little heavy and it's not going to be able to be carried out in the excellence that I foresee. And so I started doing some digging because when the panorama first hit, I think that's when everybody collectively was like, yo, how we were living is not cool. But then when the panorama started easing up, you just went back to kind of cutting and pasting. But if you were a smart grandbaby and an observant grandbaby, there was something in that that you were like, yo, I don't really want to do this the same. And so I started kind of getting a piece of that. It was like, okay, well, yeah, I don't want to hustle and bustle no more. Yeah, also, I can't possibly see me driving out to work. Like the first part of your morning or the bulk of your day is commuting. I'm probably, if I don't have to, I don't want to. And that started to gain momentum, right? And I was like, okay, so what's happening? And I finally started making some choices. I was like, cause I was in grad school around the panorama. So I was like, yo, I, I just want to take a class a semester. I don't want to take two classes. Even though adding more classes will allow me to finish early, I don't want to do that. And you know where, where that even came from? Because I'm real big on exposure. Exposure will give you a new way of thinking. I was listening to the motivational speaker, Eric Thomas. He has his doctorate. He literally said he did that because he took a class at a time. He said it took him probably three times the amount that it would take somebody to really just finish out their undergrad four to five years. I think he said it took him seven years and he was like, and it's okay. And I look, and when I pulled back and just looked at him, I was like, but at the end you got it. The very thing that you set out to do, you achieve it. The only thing that is different between you and somebody else who may have gotten it is that you allowed yourself to have a breathable pace. Oh my gosh, nobody's ever going to look at you and be like, oh yeah, but you took a class at a time. And if they do have a nice day, I achieved what I set out to achieve with my own pace. And so I literally remember talking to a friend of mine. I was like, I'm tired. Like my variables are different. I have a husband and children and a real, real job and And she was like, baby, get to the finish line, but get there whole. And that was the first time that I allowed myself to even have the thought of take a slower pace. Like, what's the goal? To get there or to get there barely (laughs) with with a strand of hair, no edges, God rebuke the name of Jesus, and to be so worn out. Like, this is not a... I know people say, you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. No, but I don't, I don't want to be sweaty when I get there. I want to achieve and I want to glide and I want to float and I want to walk on water. And I, 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 there's a certain cadence and flow that I want that is not mm, popular. Yeah, that doesn't get the marketing. The marketing is sleep is for suckers. The marketing is you wake up four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. The marketing is, you know, the people who achieve, they got bags under their eyes. I remember looking at this video of uh, Diddy when he was doing the last train to Paris, that particular album that did nothing. He was like, um, he was like, yeah, I'm sleepy. And he looked in the camera. He was like, but these are money bags. And I'm like, yo, if you really looked up what happened to your body when you're sleepy, bruh, you literally should not operate a vehicle when you tired. 
Not just because of falling asleep, because your cognitive skills is trash when you're sleepy. You're forgetful when you're sleepy. You're irritable when you're sleepy. You don't retain information when you're sleepy. You couldn't try to take a test when you're tired. Spell your name if you want. Go ahead, try. You're going to miss all the vowels. I'm telling you. Like, so where did you learn productivity requires dehydration and exhaustion? Why do you think at certain points in certain celebrities' careers, they just do the whole, like, you know what? Uh, sorry, I couldn't make that concert. But they in somebody's bed. Because the, the price, the grand prize of exhaustion and not properly leading yourself and not gaining a healthy pace is uh, an IV and a bed. Because whether you want to get to it by yourself or get there forcefully, you need rest. You need downtime. You need healing. You need, okay, fill your cup back up. But to keep pushing through, like you take somebody's Duracell in the morning, you are going to find out that, oh my gosh, whether forcefully or just ah, revelation wise, you are going to realize your pace is unsustainable. This American dream. Did you ever stop to say what part of this dream is my dream and what part of this dream has just been embedded and infused in me as if this is the way to live a successful life? I was watching documentaries on people who were the happiest and I'm like, but y'all don't, but that square footage, no minimalism, tiny homes, people in different countries with huts and really yet yeah. one person said, I'm just glad I'm, I'm around all my family. One person said, I just, I love that. I don't have any bills hovering over me. Like the things that were making people happy. I was, some of it I agreed with other, I was like, you found happiness in that? Because I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to find happiness in a house full of cats, but for the crack cats, grandbabies, that's happiness. <laughs> Them grandbabies love a little meow, meow, meow in unison. God bless. I would be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all would be like, when's the last time you slept? None, because the, the sound of a meow sends me to a different place in my soul, and I have not slept. <laughs> because, no ma'am, you understand? That was one of the fun things about building a home. That even with the same floor plan, I was able to see other people's spin on how they would do it. Not even seeing them decorate, but just seeing the selection of the kitchen cabinets and what options did they choose? Did they choose the additional living room, the bed, the dining room, or did they choose the study? If they chose uh, that particular window there, oh, what made them do that? And so I loved walking through other floor plans to just say, huh, that, you know what? Awesome. Wouldn't choose that for me, but I can see that people stay true to what they found to be pleasurable, comfortable, E or the above for them. The dark cabinets with the dark granite, with the different colors. So I realized that even in the building process, that if you don't stay true to you, it's not home. Maybe in your career choices, if you don't stay true to you, it's not real success. I don't care what your check says. If you are not solving a problem that you were wired to solve, you will not feel the success that you have been looking for. Don't let nobody else tell you that a good job is filling the blank. Don't let nobody tell you go ahead and work there to retirement if that's not in your soul. If that is not in your heart and that's not your heart's desires, then please do not desire someone else's situation because you would be living trying to get your prize your win running in somebody else's shoes and it's not your size so you're running races you're you're, you're getting the prize you're coming in number one but then you're standing on the number one podium trying to realize then why don't I feel complete like myself like comfortable because when you look down those stilettos are not yours when you look down those work shoes were not yours did you allow someone to cut and paste their desires into your heart Yet, did you allow someone to just make you think that the only way to win is this way? I literally stopped and said, let me ask you something. Do you have destination fatigue? You know how you can realize that you're, that's happening to you? Because you don't give yourself 
enough time to just celebrate you. Either you look at it like, eh, that's not a big deal. I don't really. And you, you kind of downplay what should be celebrated or you like, nope, because I haven't finished the whole entire mission. So I'm going to keep going. And like, no, it is good to celebrate that you got an associate's. Yeah, but I'm trying to get the bachelor's. But the associate, like, you did it, bro. Like, take a, can we just, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you understand? At some point, be your own studio audience, B. Like, yo, you got the apartment. Yeah, but it's a studio. I'm trying to be a home. But, like, at some point, <laughs> like, you understand? At some point, celebrate yourself. Celebrate yourself. Bro, you made it. You made it. I don't care how small it is. You made it. I don't care how how much you think you have to go. You made it. You made it, dog. Like, when you was going to stop and be like, yo, I made it. I prayed about this five to ten years ago, and I'm here. I went ahead and I asked God for this, and he delivered. And so what's happening now is the person who would have been so appreciative of that five to ten years ago, you are not that person now, so you don't appreciate it. You don't appreciate that he paid that bill for you now. You don't appreciate that you in that particular car now. You don't appreciate that you can go to the gas station and not bite your nails no more. You don't appreciate it because that was pressed from five to 10 years ago but you should still be keeping that on your heart you should be keeping tabs of that and saying god thank you for remembering me thank you for bringing me out of that because at some point this was a prayer and now this is my present situation god thank you thank you god because when you applaud yourself you're actually giving glory back to god Yo, I did it, God. You, yo, you're real. Can't nobody tell me about you, Lord. Like you said, you would the righteous would not be left forsaken. You told me that the prayers of the righteous. Like I'm reading this thing, and this is a living Bible because I'm living it, and I see that it works. But here you are, just you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And it's like, okay, cool. But at what time do you realize, bro, how you live in life? You're not even living. You're just alive. You're not even living. You're just alive. And who taught us that? That's what I really want to get into the soul of and break it. Who, who sold us that? Who sold us that? The only way to go to school is to be on honors. Yo, can, can I be transparent real quick? I almost quit school because this man gave me a B plus. I know it sounds ridiculous, but guess, guess what the vow that I made in my head? I'm going to get an A in every single class. Now, to my defense, the thing that he graded that dropped me, I felt like he graded improperly. So I was going for the principal, but it also was the vow that I made every single class. And I literally was like, I think I'm done. I don't want to do this. Because to me, it was only a win if I was on honor roll. Really? Tell that to somebody who made... Whatever they said, this is the average grade point you need to have in order to graduate. Some people were like, thank God that man gave me a C. <laughs> because I was fumbling. I was tired. I had a lot going on personally. My work was doing this, that, and the third. And there's somebody walking across it. Dun, 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 with so much joy in their heart. And here you are feeling some kind of way because you got a B plus. Who taught you that? Who told you you were naked? You feel invaluable because you're not married yet. You want God to show you behind the scenes what that could have looked like? Because you still got some growing to do, baby. Yeah, I'm going to tell you now, it's, it, I've never seen um, anyone who loves to bake cook with a fruit that is not yet ripe. I don't care how good of a cook you are. It's about the ingredients. It's about the ingredients and the ingredient of you uh, in this particular recipe of marriage. I don't care how much God destined it. It would mm -mm. you still have some ripening to do. Listen, I know you think you're ready for promotional A, B and C, but what you have no idea 
is that God is saving you from the responsibility that comes with that. No, it people are coming in early and they're staying in late and they don't look the same and they got grades that shouldn't have been there before. And it's all these things that come with this seat that you don't realize you've mastered your seat. And so you've mastered a pace. What you don't realize is that with every promotion, you have to readjust that. Are you in the readjustment space? Some people are like, look, I don't feel like being bothered. I don't feel like being bothered. Right. So who told you that if you sat in that seat another year or two, that that was any kind of failure? Oh, because if you got that degree, then you should. How you sitting in that seat with that degree making that much? Maybe you are really attracted to the pace of that life. Maybe you like the fact that you don't go home and you're exhausted anymore. Maybe you like the fact that you know what? You actually got a handle on having a to-do list, finishing the to-do list, and then going home and working on some things that you really, really like. Maybe your exit plan requires that you sit in that seat a little bit longer because that is the seat that's going to assist you on your exodus. Don't you allow nobody to look at you and all your qualifications, but there's so much more and embed and insert their dream of how you can go ahead and be great in this company. And then you have to now go ahead and climb that ladder and forsake your heart's desires. Maybe your heart desire is not to be head CEO, EEO of anything of your company. Maybe this seat allows me to go home and really brainstorm how I want my company to look based upon what y'all do wrong here. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Why would I want to get in the seat, make more have more responsibility, be pulled more. And by the time that I get home, my heart's desires stays dormant. When's the last time you looked at what it is that you really wanted to do and seen if that's what you really still want to do? You evolve. You change so fast. I don't even think you notice it. You know how you get around somebody or, or you see a kid after a while. You're like, oh, my gosh, they got so big. But then the parent who's around them or the person that's around them the most, they're like, yeah, I don't really see it. Yeah, it's because when things are growing right in front of your eyes, you usually are the last person to notice. You usually don't really notice, oh, he has a tooth until he starts crying a little bit more. He bites you by mistake. And you're like, oh, the next thing you know, you got two and then you got four. And as uh, the back are coming in, like whatever. But there has to really be something that shifts the environment for you to take enough time to notice something is different. The people around you see it. When's the last time you double check to make sure that how you are currently living your life is a life well lived for you? When's the last time that you checked in with the person that you're in a relationship with and said, hey, I noticed these things about me so that they can be updated on the growth that is happening in you? When is the last time that you tried a new food, a new this, that, and the third? Because I'm going to tell you something, even your taste buds change every 10 years. There is nothing about you that stays the same. Your hair color is not going to stay the same, whether you dyed it or not. You're getting ready to get some of these white things, okay? Have a nice day. Um, your weight doesn't stay the same. Your, you do not realize how much things change. And yet here you are still trying to operate in the way that sustained you 20 years ago. How you are operating. Have you just double checked lately that it sustains you or not? And so what I realized about me is that I made toil a part of my workflow, a part of my life flow. And I was like, time out. Where did I get that from? Because that's always been life. I'm the oldest, so I had to come home from school. I had to take care of my siblings. I had to. I was almost like second in command. I was taking. I was grocery shopping. Mother left the list. I went, and so I've always been dually doing something to the point that I've learned and mastered that pace so much that when I'm not dually doing something, it feels like I'm doing nothing. If I don't have my hands in a state of busyness, I don't, I feel idled. I feel the word that used to go ahead and trigger me, lazy. But do you know over the last weekend, I was like, yo, to hear people speak about the American dream and what their true definition is of success. I heard one girl say the following and I was like, bruh, she has literally used the keys of her experience to free me. She said, maybe you're not lazy. 
You're just tired. I was like, time out. And when I sat and really kind of dissected that, I said, that's my truth. That's my truth. I literally looked at my natural cadence towards work. I'm literally bombed the first portion of the day. Then around maybe lunchtime, have a nice day, leave me alone. Uh, I get, there's this downtime that happens naturally internally in me. And then I get all these innovative ideas towards the end of the night. And so what has happened is it didn't matter what your natural cadence is. Life said nine to five. Okay. Oh, you don't like the morning. Okay. So night shift. And then now you got to go against your natural anything. Okay. Uh, you probably gonna be working weekends and holidays. Okay, so I don't care how much you family oriented, you finna work this weekend and holiday. Okay, uh, and so life never really catered to your particular cadence. The goal, the the thing that to me screams success, is live a life that caters to your wiring, while you are answering the call that God placed on you. Oh my, bruh. Can I tell you something? <laughs> Seriously, I had to go back. I was like, where did we, where did we learn this toil? This, and I was like, because it was, do, can I just be honest with you? Toiling was a punishment that we made a lifestyle. What do I mean? Let's go to Genesis three real quick. No, let's go to Genesis. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not over it. I'm just over it. You understand? Okay. So Genesis three, you know, I read in the NLT version, right? So this is the portion that went ahead and happened because them folks ate from the buffet that God said don't eat from. And they were like, okay, cool, don't eat from here. And he was like, correct. He was like, oh, okay. Can I have two? Like, bro, you didn't listen to nothing he said, but that's between them and the Lord. So let's go ahead and read what how God responded to like, bro, you did not listen to me. Genesis 3.16. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. 17. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. 18. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of his grains. 19. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. From you were made from the dust and the dust you will return. I said I wanted to go ahead and read this in another version. Because, um, yeah, it, it I, I want to go ahead and read it in the Message Bible. 17. He told the man, because you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from don't eat from this tree. The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. You will be working in pain all your life long. New King James Version says, uh, 17, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Um, why did we think that sustaining a curse was actually going to yield a blessing? Mm-hmm. Then he said to the woman, the sharp pain pregnancy. Okay, yeah, that that was a punishment. But uh, this day and age, there are some things to soften the pain. There are some things that uh, women are actually going to water births. Like we have learned, okay, since pregnancy and and delivery and all of that is painful, uh, we don't have to continue to operate in that curse. We can do something that makes it a lot better. You would desire to rule over your husband. No, there are some relationships that they understand, you know, compromise and all of that. So we've learned how to overcome those two curses, right? But we have not learned that everything doesn't have to be toiled. You don't have to toil in your relationships. You don't have to toil in your career. You don't have to toil in finances. You don't have to talk. Why would we make decisions that caters to the curse? And everything else, we found a resolution. And everything else, because ultimately, a couple of chapters after, 
God reiterates his promise to us, multiply and divide. <laughs> yeah, mul multiply and divide. You don't have to be a math genius to understand that toiling uh, subtracts from the equation. Toiling anything. Take any part of your life, add toil to it. You have subtracted and depleted another area of your life. Go ahead and toil in your work. You have depleted from your home. Go ahead and toil in your relationships. You have depleted from your health. Go ahead, do whatever, however you want to go ahead and do the equation. Yeah, the, the, uh, it, it still operates the way that it said. Add toil, deplete somewhere else equals still occurs. And so I truly wanted to get on this phone and do a challenge that will probably be a little bit of a struggle for, for most, because if this conversation was had with me a couple of months ago, I'm just be rural. I would have been like, what? I don't think anything got my attention until I realized around. And I'm, I told you this before, but when I had the cootie, uh, 2020, like, yeah, cooties. Cause I'm not, and it ends with id. Okay. Uh, I was literally at home unwell and the job asked me if I could work from home fever, rebuking the name of Jesus, all the symptoms I'm talking about, like wasn't eating. It was bad for me. And I literally got a tech message that said, Hey, can you just sign in the system real quick and clear the following? But them folks asked me, to continue to work, even though I was in an unworkable state. That's why I went ahead and I called you and we had that conversation about the unfriendly reminder. Because I wasn't well with that conversation either, but I needed something to document, bruh. People do not care. They will override you and pull from you. And, and sometimes it's not even because they don't care. It's because... We need something from you. And so as long as we can see that there's still a pulse, we're going to pull from you. And it really takes someone to get to a place that you like. Like if I was the person, if who I am now had that conversation, then it would have been a little bit different. <laughs> um, the answer would have been two letters. Yeah. Um, one vowel. Um, no. Because if I'm not well enough to come in, then I'm not well enough to work now. No. And dad, somebody to say something. I have all the medical records and the notes and the whatever, but like, like I, I'm even asking myself now, like what made you even say yes? Cause you were trying to sustain what good work ethic, good work. What, 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 what you were trying to sustain that equated to a prize for you for, with these people. Well, is this situation going to add to you 20 years down the line, pulling from you in this way, this is going to have, this is going to yield a result. No, you thinking, Oh, they gave me a laptop and they gave me a phone. They just gave you additional ways to work when you're not in the office. No, <laughs> no, this is not, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No sustainable living. My challenge to you, does something need to be updated? Is there a thought process? Is there a pro whatever it is? There's, is there something in you that is still operating with ingredients that was needed in a prior recipe, but you're trying to cook with those things now? Can you be honest enough? Do you have enough time enough? Do you have a desire enough to sit down, really evaluate Am I living a sustainable life? Because operating like this for another 20 years is not going to do it. Operating like this is not going to your gratitude. And when I don't have gratitude, I'm not appreciative. And when I'm not appreciative, I'm not content. And there will always be this need for more and more and more. And I'm not realizing that where I'm at is exactly where I prayed to be. And so it may not look like what I want it to look like, but I can honestly say it's not what it was. And I'm appreciative and I'm thankful and I feel content and I feel blessed. And I feel like, can you really get to that place. 
Can you get to the place that the big, 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 big house is going to equate to a lot long hours of cleaning? Can you get to the place that you realize that big, big house is also going to mean a big, big electric bill and maybe a gas bill and a lot of furniture. So you're going to have to put some money into it. Like, can you really start looking at what you're shooting for, what you're striving for, and then realize what it's going to cost. And if you can count the cost and the cost is worth it to you, then yes, then, then go ahead and strive for that, but don't strain for that. If you want the five, six bedroom, 5,000 car garage and all of that, cool. But I got to a place to be honest with you that, um, my Saturday mornings is not going to be subjected to just cleaning. My husband and I started something different and I love it. We come home on Friday. We do a little bit of cleanup. We're done. I literally said Saturday, I'm giving myself max one to two hours to just, you know, fold clothes, do stuff that I probably didn't get to when I came home after work on Friday. And then that's it. But I'm not going to dedicate Monday through Friday to working and then doing stuff after work and blah, blah, blah. And then all Saturday cleaning up. And then Sunday, all right, I finally get a little bit of rest. And that's why you get to work on Monday. You like the weekend wasn't long enough. No, you extended work. Who made you Rihanna? <laughs> Like, why, why are you doing that? I'm so passionate about this subject, which is why we're on the phone longer than what we usually are. I'm so passionate about this subject because I realize that the enemy has us working under a curse thinking that it's success. Now, you're not going, you, the blindfolds are off. I am done. And it will no longer be me operating as if I'm still in Genesis three, when I know that God is trying to do something different through me. I looked at the way Jesus walked and I'm like, bro, I can't pick up a toil, but he was making mud pies. He was like, all right, I'm going to your house. He was, and guess what? He completed the mission without the toil. He completed the mission without the strain. People was running up to him. Uh, Rabbi, you, can you come to my house? Can you do A, B, and C? And he was like, oh, okay, time out. Um, who touched the hem of my garment? <laughs> Everything was his pace. Everything was his cadence. Everything was, oh, okay. Like, you got to come now. Lazarus is dead. He was like, oh, okay, all right. I, he got there in four days. Like, but he still got there. And he still did what needed to be done once he got there. And he still was successful when he got there. But he got there in a sustainable pace. We read all about Jesus and we forgot to try to be more like him. Huh? God could created this whole entire everything in 30 minutes. He stretched it out to six days. And yet you want to do what takes 12 years in two because you want to in the name of Jesus. Like, but that's not sustainable, mama. We're not operating under the curse no more. Do you understand that? Not under my watch. I hate to be Ayana with it, but that's what I said. I feel like you got what you needed. Yeah, because if we don't get off, I'm going to be on for another three hours and I ain't going to hold you because I'm not putting nothing towards your phone bill. Um, you know what these conversations are? Life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Listen, um, all roads lead to peace. All roads lead to contentment. All roads lead to fulfillment, success. And just, you did it. You did it. God kept his promise. You understand? Yes. Yes. That's what you're going to get at the end. With your own pace. Sustainable living. You understand? All right. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. But we're definitely going to talk later. Probably more about this. Prepare to be shook at me. You heard what I said from the beginning. Talk to you later. <laughs> later oh wait before you go uh let me go ahead and just remind you again that you need to be looking at created to multiply.com very much created the number two multiply.com oh and you know your girl got a patreon now right mm -hmm. when you go to the website you'll see all of that so very much go okay now i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go later